turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, the scripture reading for today. If you have it pulled up, follow along. I'm reading out of the Ian's Hebrew. Verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the glory that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the reading of his word, you may be seated. So this morning, we are blessed to have another pastor come and help us with our full supply. So this morning, I would like you to help me welcome Mr. Ron Kennedy from Park City. series called Perception to a Perspective. And this is the last little sermon that y'all get to hear about this Perception to a Perspective. And today we're going to learn about, um, the sermon title is called Roll Call, and I think you'll understand why. Um, uh, Miss Rosemary, before she came up here, um, gave me a list of things I needed to submit to y'all, and me being a typical husband and a dad, I forgot one important thing. And uh, one of them was a short little bio. Um, if you don't know me, I'm Married to Elizabeth Griffin right there, who's now Elizabeth Kennedy, my wife. Um, they're the locals in Carn City. I work at the hospital down the road. Um, some of y'all may have seen me at the wellness center. Some of y'all may have even worked for me. Some of y'all may be my current clients. Some of y'all, I might have made work out and cry and whine. Is Tommy, is Tommy Vickery here? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, church, it is just good to see you all. I see you all as community. I've been around many of you for the last 10 years, and I'm excited to be up here just to, one, read God's word. It's not my word. It's not my message. It is God's. Um, so church, today, 
we're going to talk about perception to a perspective. And I think as Christians, we need to understand that our perception of a series of events or the world going around us isn't necessarily the truth. And Merriam-Webster defines perception, and the root word of that is to perceive. Okay, Merriam-Webster defines perception as to attain awareness or understanding of, or to become aware of through the senses. Now, as we look to this word, we think about perception. What does that mean? It's just that. It's our perception. My perception is going to be different from everyone else's in here, just as yours will be different from mine. So it doesn't mean one of us is more wrong. doesn't mean one of us is more right. But there's a better way to look at this life that we get to walk through together as Christians, as brothers and sisters of God. So as Izzy got to read for me, and I thank you for that, sir. Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. So I have to ask you, when you read scripture, I hope you, I'm sorry, I move around a lot, so hope you, hopefully it doesn't freak you out or anything. Um, as we do the joy that was set before him, what does that mean? The joy. That's us. That's those before us. That's us now. That's those that is coming after us. We are his joy, right? God sent Jesus to come here for us so we could have that life eternal through him. We are that joy in Jesus' eyes and in God's eyes. And we look to the cloud of witnesses. That always kind of threw me off. What does that mean, cloud of witnesses? Well, the first word in 12.1 says, therefore, okay, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and as most great pastors will tell you, when you see therefore in the Bible, you've got to ask yourself, what is it therefore, right? So that means we have to go previously to chapter 11, okay? And that's where we'll be through a lot of today. The cloud of witnesses. We're going to read about these cloud of witnesses in chapter 11, and we're going to come back to that at the end. Now, life application story about this sermon before we get started, okay? It's called Roll Call. Now, I see many people in here of all ages, young, old, male, female, boys, girls, okay? I would assume the majority of us in here have been to school at some point in our lives, okay? Now, I had two least favorite days in school, okay? I was a huge, I'm kind of a nerd, okay? I always did good in test days. Test days never bothered me, exams, none of that stuff. But my two least favorite days were always the first day of school and any day we had a substitute teacher. What do you think happens on those days? The role is said, and I'll tell you why. If you grow up with a name like mine, you have a tendency to have your name butchered for all of your life. Rylan. I have been called so many variations of that. Ryan, Riley, Ryland with a D. Why is your name not Brian? Why is it not Dylan? What is all this stuff? And then, Kennedy, I have a beef to settle with you before the end of the service today. Is it one N or is it two? Okay? Kennedy, it's two. All right? So we'll let that slide, though. But as you grow up and literally your teachers, and I'll tell you what, my father-in-law called me the wrong first name probably for the first two years I was around. Whether that was an accident or on purpose, I'll let you ask him. So, but as you go through life, kind of getting your name butchered a lot of the time, you just get used to valuing knowing other people's names. 
And that's the respect I have for someone else is I want to know who you are, I want to know where you're from, and I want to know your story so I can have a relationship with you. And as I run the gym or work the gym or be with my clientele, your lives is more valuable to me than a goal, oftentimes. So, as we do enroll, you ever been in class, especially as you got older, maybe in high school, when you're going through the role, and did you ever have a teacher that was just maybe not the nicest, and they get to your name and they just kind of give you that eye roll, or they just go, hmm. And as they said that, I'm like, and I was one of the younger ones, so I had siblings. Um, and then they would also look at me, remember, because I grew up in a small town in central Texas. They would also know who my siblings were. They would say, is Gentry your older brother? And I, yeah. And they're like, huh, another eye roll. And then be like, well, hey, give me a second. Your mom's also a teacher, right? And I'm like, good, yes. And they're like, so we're not going to have any issues, are we? I'm like, nope. No, ma'am, we're good. So it's just neat being in a small community, being around people who know who you are, and many look at that as a curse, okay? And I'm going to tell you in my growing up how I looked at that as a blessing, okay? So we are going to read Hebrews 11, verses 4 through 34. I know it's a lot, church. I know it's a lot, and I apologize for being so long-winded, but much like Hebrews, I hope you had your coffee, and I hope you can follow along. I got one. I got one. There we go. <laughs> All right. So long-winded. Bear with me, okay? By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up, taken up so that he should not see death and that he was not found because God had taken him. Now... Before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God, and without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. Verse 8. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundation, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore one man and him as good as dead were born descendants, as many as the stars of heaven, and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. 
By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph. Bowing in worship over the head of his staff, by faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who was invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, put foreign armies to flight. <clears throat> Church, and I know that's a lot. 30 verses right there. Thank you for reading along with those 30 verses. So as you go through that, you read, you recognize a lot of those biblical names. We're so familiar probably with the majority of the Bible stories that go with them. Or some of them might even be our personal favorites. Uh, one of the members earlier recognized that I cut my hair and said, is this a Samson moment for you? And I said, well, if you don't see me lifting weights, then it's probably true. So, but as we go through this roll call in literal Hebrews, I looked at all these people and noticed the writer of Hebrews said, by faith. And in that faith, they get to see the works that they had done through God's will in their lives. By faith, they did the works. I mean, we do stuff as Christians all the time, but are you doing it through faith, through God's will? These individuals, notice, were not the most perfect people. As we look to the Bible, that's what I love about it. Is nobody in the Bible, except for Jesus Christ, is perfect. And as I grew up, I did not grow up in a church. I became saved as I was in college, which is crazy to think. When most kids are furthest away from their relationship with God, that's when I sought Jesus. And as I looked at these individuals, notice God or the writer did not look at these individuals' flaws. They didn't look at their imperfection, their failures, or their disobedience. But by faith, we got to see the work that they did for the kingdom of God. This is the cloud of witnesses we get to look back to, church. That's why God's word and God's scripture is so important for us to look to and to open up in our own individual lives. And next to that, for our family's lives and our household, we have got to open this up because we now are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses who are watching what we do. From you to your parents, my, myself to my children watching me, and to this community, we are watching each other and we are surrounded by one another. And that is the call on our lives as brothers and sisters, as sons and daughters of the Most High God in this community. We are this cloud of witnesses now. 
and there will be more even tomorrow and for the future generations. That's the surrounding, and that is what is ongoing all the time. That is why our relationship with Christ has to be first and foremost. That's why our relationship has to be uh, the most noticeable thing in our lives that we uh, grow into ourselves and that people see first when they see us. Man, if you relate me to the wellness center, that's great. But if you say, man, that dude's a good Christian man, that to me is one of the best compliments anybody this side of heaven can receive. <clears throat> so where was I? Roll call, high school. I grew up in a little town um, in central Texas right off the highway of I-35 in Troy, Texas, Troy, America. So if you're familiar, if you've ever gone up to Waco, Texas, this is before Chip and Joanna, okay? This is back in the day when it was normal, okay? And before the Baylor uh, Kingdom of McLean Stadium happened, everything was normal. Um, Troy was a very small town, very much like Carn City and Kennedy. Um, so everybody knew each other, right? And I look here, and I remember one of the biggest quarrels <laughs> I had with Elizabeth when we were in San Marcos, lovely, beautiful San Marcos, and she wanted to come home after we found out we were expecting. And I said, ugh, why would I want to go to Carnes County? And I was like, it reminds me of my home, except less cornfields, you know? And she's like, whoa. So anyways, that's the story for another time, possibly another sermon for another time. But I tell y'all, growing up in a small community, as I can tell now, everybody knows everybody. And it's a blessing and a curse. And without Christ, we look at it as, it was, as a curse, but it's a blessing. And I tell you that with maturity and experience. Because you know everyone. Your parents know each other. Even your grandparents know each other. So as we're going through roll call, Remember, uh, I would get eye rolls, or I'd be related to my siblings, or I would, they would say, I know who your mom is, so don't mess up. Um, as we're going through roll call, they would get to the H's, you know, and I started getting kind of nervous, you know, so they would say, Hatter. And Josh, Joshua would say, here, you know, here, present. And they would say, Holsher. And Jordan would say, here. And I'm like, okay, we're getting there, don't, don't, don't make a big deal about this. And... Then they would say, Jackson. Kirby would say, here, present. Then it would be Jurassic, and Matthew would say, here. And then DJ uh, Johnson would say, here, present. And then they would say, K. They would say, K. And I'd say, here, I'm good. Here, don't worry about it. And the substitute was always the worst one, because they would say, I didn't say your name, though. I'm like, you're good. Everybody knows. We're a small town, you know? And the substitute knew who I was anyways. And they would say, oh, Rylan Kennedy. And you know, when you grow up with each other, you call each other by your nicknames a lot of the time. Everybody called me Rye, right? So, you know, when you hear your real names on those first days or your friends' real names, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that was your first, that's your first name. You know those kids who go by their middle name or a nickname all your life? Well, when they would say Rylan, everybody's like, oh yeah, I forgot. And I'm like, yeah, thanks guys. Let's keep that on the down low. But as I grew up, especially as I became a Christian, um, I realized it wasn't that I disliked my town, my community, my students, my classmates, um, nor my family to be associated with them. The fact was I didn't like and value myself. And without Christ, that's what the world's going to tell you. You need to listen to the world around you and let them define you and describe you. And I lived to that, and I hated it, because it was a life pursuit of a race that I never caught the finish line on. 
And as I looked for a compliment from someone else, it just kept getting farther and farther between. As I put my wife, when I met her, on a pedestal and her family, because they were the perfect family to me at that moment, because I said, that's what a Christian family is supposed to be like. My pastor at the time said, you can't do that to them. They're not perfect. She's not perfect. In my eyes, she is. But he said, someone else has to be first and foremost in your life and in the life of your family, and that is Jesus Christ. So as I continued to grow, I looked at this little community of Kennedy, Carn City, and the surrounding areas. We're small. We know each other. And there is no reason to be ashamed. There is no reason to have guilt. There is no reason to like yourself because of who you are, where you're from. But yet instead, I pray that as we look to each other as students in God's class, that we can literally look to each other and those in this community with faith. We're going to have the worship team come back up here in a second. I'm going to read Hebrews 11.1. 1. So I started with Hebrews 12.1. We read the bulk of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11.1 1 says this. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. And I've had that on my heart since I used to do youth ministry in Carn City years ago. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things unseen. And as we live our lives here in our communities, with our families, with our friends, and as we continue to grow up, no matter what, the one thing we always do is we always hope and wish for the best. We hope for these things. We wish for these things. We pray for these things. But the conviction for us all is when we get to look back and realize we were truly surrounded by such a great a cloud of witnesses that is our family and our church family and this community. So church, we're going to do an invitation here in a second. So I've got to ask you, as we're doing the roll call here, are you the teacher looking to everyone, casting judgment, saying this is who you are? This is your family. I know what you've done. And are you holding that over them? Or are you truly looking to each other as students in God's classroom to say, by faith, I have the conviction of knowing God can still use you. And I look forward to seeing the walk and the testimony you have in your life. So that's our invitation. You can stand here in a second while they pray, while they, while they play, I'm sorry. And you can stay seated and pray if you want to. But how would you respond? I'm going to be here in the front. I would love to pray with you over anything. And I know one of the deacons will be joining me as well. So, church, would you stand? How would you respond? Mm -hmm. 